What's that sound? Can you hear that? Are those birthday candles being lit? Is that a pinata being beaten to death? Why, yes, it is. It's Cartoon Violence Has a Podcast's one-year podcast anniversary. Yay! I'm Dr. Octave, here with a quick disclaimer that the audio on this podcast is not the best, but it's pretty good considering that five different people on Skype, three of them had recording problems. So, what I've managed to do is reconstruct our super secret hidden feed from the backside of Cartoon Violence's microphones and successfully capture a couple people that now sound like they'll be talking to you from a spooky cave. So on this podcast, we've gathered together some of our past guests. We've got Adam T. Davis from Narboots, Episode 4, Pink Thunder from Robo Beat'em Up, Episode 5, and Joey Guthrie from Curious Quail, Episode 6. And we all got together on Skype to talk about past bands and breakups. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to play some songs from these past bands that our guests and ourselves have been in. So please don't miss that. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at Cartoon Violins. Follow us on Facebook at The Real Cartoon Violence. And if you like this or any of the other 12 podcasts we've produced this past year, please go to iTunes, say that you like us, prove it by giving us a star rating and a review, and help other lost souls find this podcast. Yeah, Cartoon Violence has a podcast, and you're listening to it. You're listening to me, Duke Newcomb. Balls of steel, baby. Keep listening, because it's coming up in three, three two, one, go. All right. Yeah, so we did it. We have solved the massive stack of technical difficulties necessary to get uh, four different parties together on Skype. Yeah, this, who do you think is going to end up getting dropped first? Oh, definitely Adam, Adam Davis. Adam Davis. <laughs> but that is that is the magic that's the mystery that's the fun of doing podcasts because if everything worked perfectly we would have no stress in our lives and what the hell stress brings out the best in all of us so especially cartoon violence because we need it takes stress to make violence yes yes i am your wonderful gracious fantabulous host Professor Robot. And I am your supercalifrabulistic host, Dr. Octave. And uh, it's the end of our podcast season, so uh, we thought we'd uh, put an open invite out to uh, former former guests of uh, this last year to come back and join us for one special podcast. And uh, three of them were dumb enough to say yes. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have Pink Thunder from Robo Beat'em Up. Woo! We have a uh, Joey Guthrie from Curious Quail. Woo! And Adam T. Davis of Narboots fame. Woo! I wish I had a train whistle. <laughs> Adam, where's your train whistle? Oh, I was supposed to say something? Yes. So what was he on that other band? Yeah, at Maybe. least one of other bands. So that's the that's that's a great segue. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, but I mean, that's what we're here to talk about. Uh, we thought it would be cool to talk about, like, all of our old bands that didn't quite live up to our expectations, so to speak. 
You know, yeah, uh, just kind of, the, you know, the ones we broke up with for whatever reasons or just didn't work out. So, so here we go. So, who who wants to start? Who's, like, rearing to go? How many, I guess, I guess a good first. Sure, I'll go. All right. All right. Who's not, not just, like, you know, chomping at the bit to talk about their musical failures? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not necessarily failures. They're all learning experiences, right? That's one way to look at some of them. <laughs> and unlike most relationships, if you're lucky, you don't come away with an STD. Hey. Mm, yeah. Well, if you if you rock and rolled right, maybe one or two. I I one of my failed projects uh, actually had the initials STD. Yeah. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Sound simple pilot cover band. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> Not quite. But Joey, so how many yeah. bands have you been in? I probably should have thought about this ahead of time, huh? But that's, you know, podcasting for you. Um, <laughs> I'd say at least four or five. Yeah, that's a decent number. Yeah. 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 And you've been in, but you've been with Quail for quite a while now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like um, when you start thinking about your exes, you remember the ones you forgot because you only did it for like two weeks, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. I'm thinking back, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that wasn't really a band. It was people hanging out in a garage, so I don't even count that one. You know? Yeah. It's kind of that sort of thing. So, yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think the first time I was in a group that I would have considered was a band was a one-off cover gig in a person's backyard after graduation. I think it was, or maybe right before graduation from high school. So... And I was singing, believe it or not. Really? You were singing wow. the theme to The Greatest American Hero? No, we did a bunch of covers. Oh, okay. So were you were you drumming and singing, like the Eagles? No. no. Um, we had a friend who was, at the time, a better drum set drummer. I don't know if he still is. I don't think he plays kit anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, he played better. So he, he played the drums, and I was, I don't know, ridiculous naive enough to go and try and get up in front of people and sing so that was uh that's the first one i can think of yeah. when did you switch to drums well i was playing drums at the time i just wasn't very good um in college so when i moved in when i went to college i, I um, brought my kid with me and we actually um in the dorms like underneath a bunk bed was my drum kit so I tried to play when no one was going to be bothered, but I felt really bad. And I, I had a handful of uh, snotty, uh, pajama-laden, very sick girls, mostly, that would come knock on the door, and I'd feel terrible. So, um, But I had another couple of bands when I was there. Um, one of them was called Ohm. Oh, oh. <laughs> It was, um, it, it was not an ohm of fame. I know there's at least one band that actually made some progress. It was in, I think, the L.A. area. Cause that was when the Internet was far enough along so that I could actually look that kind of stuff up. Um, we didn't do very well. We had a singer who couldn't sing for a while, and I felt really bad because he, he had a, already a rough life. At college age, he, I think he like, kicked meth or something and had decided instead to get really buff. Um, <laughs> so he, he, he um he liked singing along to Alice and Chains and he couldn't sing either part. Um so it was it was bad. And we eventually had to kick him out and then I drove him home afterwards 
which was an awkward ass ride. Oh. Yeah. So Awkward. Um, yeah, I had more when I came back home, but uh, do you guys want to kind of split up between the different folks, or do you want me yeah. to just keep let's uh Yeah, let's start with our roots, because everybody's yeah. got that first band that never quite did anything, so yeah. I think that's a good place to start. Like, for me... The first band I ever played with, all we did was hang out in a garage and cover like the same three Weezer songs <laughs> over and over and over. And, uh, Money, the Beatles version of Money, they really, they liked playing that. Hmm. And that was it. What were the three Weezer songs? Uh, the Sweater Song, uh, the, I'm no, not oh, my name is Jonas. Pipe. Uh, no, it's before Hashpipe. I'm not, I'm old. There were, like blue album. This was like album. there were only two Weezer albums yeah. at the time. Oh, Pink, Pinkerton had just come out. Yeah, we did uh we did El Scorcho. Yeah, we did El Scorcho yeah. and then it was uh uh Say It Ain't So. Uh, yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, and that was and then Money by the Beatles. And then they then they stopped play, we stopped playing because two of the guys went and played with their old bassist. Who was like, kind of like I wouldn't say a rival, but he was like kind of a dick in high school, <laughs> and he but he was like the musician guy at at school or whatever. So they left my band to be in his band. Aww. But the last time I saw him was a few years ago, and he was like still living on his parents' couch and hadn't done like anything with music in forever. And was talking about seeing a girl from high school on BART and still being in love with her. So I feel like I won in the long run. <laughs> so. that, that's like the saddest and yet most stereotypical musician failure story there is. Was there a drug addiction in there too? Oh yeah, that kid was doing so many drugs. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, as long as we're completing the circle here. Yeah, but I mean, like the band, the band that I really did stuff with, like right after high school, like that was all broken up mostly because of drugs too. Like we had a we had a guitarist blow all of our uh, recording budget on coke. That was that was a good one. That was a good one. That was like I was like seventeen or eighteen. Oh, yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. These well, it was like me. I was like the kid from the poor side of the tracks, playing with a bunch of rich kids that liked Three Eleven and uh, the Steve Miller band, in this like weird psychedelic jam band thing, and like I just remember going to a cabin with them once and like just hanging out and like playing dominoes and taking mushrooms and like. 311 nonstop the whole fucking time. <laughs> wow, that's an experience. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember some of that. Yeah, some of those 311 kids. <laughs> yeah, I jammed with. It was, yeah, you jammed with. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did a bunch of cool stuff. It was just, it was a crazy band because there was seven of us four guitarists, me on bass, a drummer, and a percussionist. And uh, eventually I had to kick out one of the guitarists because he had no rhythm and like. They just kind of made me do it. <laughs> it was, like it was you, you get so elected awkward. to kick him off the island. <laughs> yeah, but that kid did okay for himself. He's like an artist now. He does like stuff with Kid Robot. He's like doing great. He's a good kid. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. We everyone stayed friends and stuff, which was nice. 
So Pink Thunder, how did you start your failed musical exploits that got you where you are now? Oh God. So so in uh, in high school I had some some friends who wanted to start a death metal band. Uh, so we did. We started a death metal band and it was just the worst the worst goddamn thing that has ever come across this earth. So it was like um, none of us knew how to play instruments before we started, so we all got instruments to start. In our, our first practice, we couldn't afford a drum set yet, so we like built this monstrosity out of garbage cans and some of our drummers' like mom's cooking wear. And uh, this, this is how... You know, so I, there's like this been, been this weird running theme all throughout my life of building drum sets. This is kind of where that started. But uh, yeah, we were so uh, yeah. So we were called Spuck, and I don't know where we came. <laughs> Jesus, <up. laughs> that's a great name. And, yeah, it's, it was something else. And so um, I actually didn't listen to metal at the time, and I didn't realize how bad we were. Because, you know, when you're, not, when, when you're not into metal and you hear it, it is actually very noisy sounding. And so we were playing just these god-awful, ridiculous chains, and I thought, yeah, hey, yeah, we're cool. But we had just these really silly songs like, um, you know, uh, Human Harvest and uh, Black Death, which actually featured the line... Um, now I smash your sternum, I rip your rib cage wide, a heart still beats in the cavity, I smash it flat. And it, That's uh, pretty tall, dude. That's so brutal. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was so, so, so I sent you guys uh, one of our tracks, Human Harvest. What we did with, when we recorded that, we sent a demo into KVHS's unsigned band night. Nice. And then, and then like, us, we recruited all of our friends to just start calling them and requesting it, like, over and over again. And so they, they didn't even listen to it. They just put it on, you know, sight unseen. And after it was done, there was, like, five, ten seconds of dead air, and then the DJ just came back and yelled, what the hell was that? Nice. <laughs> uh, you got a good reaction from KVHS. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we, I, I don't really, uh, the way we broke up was kind of stupid. Uh, I think we wrote like our first really, really good song and we just never practiced again. Um, yeah, it, that, that was easily the most fun band I've been in. It was definitely one of the worst. Oddly enough, I cannot say that any of those songs were like the worst thing I was a part of, but we might come to that later. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, but you know, I think like you, you touched upon something key that I think every everybody should go through is like have a band, do a bunch of ridiculous stuff, and like that helps you refine yourself. I feel like like yeah. it's good to just like go for it and not be afraid to suck because yeah. it helps. Yeah, you get... know what it feels like to be uh, to try too hard to be brutal or try too hard to be try too hard not to care uh -huh. yeah if, if you don't if you don't go for it you're never uh -huh. gonna do it so uh -huh. you know it it didn't matter that we didn't really know what we were doing we wanted to play 
we all love music and that was our big thing so we just we just did it and you know many years later i'm still doing music uh i don't think our drummer was is anymore um i don't know about the guitarist but yeah yeah, I mean, I think I I I went big on one of my first big failures. I tried to do a concept album, uh, seventy songs about chicken. They weren't actually about chicken. I just wanted to write seventy one minute songs, and this was before sixty nine love songs. Um, and I'd never heard of the commercial album, but um, you know, one of the things about doing like home recording projects is that when they fail, nobody hears them ever. It's not like you played a couple bad shows. It's just like that music's dead because it sucked and you didn't play it for anybody. But, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, uh, one of the things, and it, it's still, you're very, you're, you're a very thematic person a lot of times with, like, a lot of the projects that you do. But I feel like, like, when we were younger, you were, yeah, always just trying to, like, angle it that weird way more so than, like, worry about the music being good. It was just about producing it in sort of a creative parameter. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, making it good is, is a process, but sometimes uh, some, sometimes you just want to take a stupid lyric idea and throw some guitar behind it. Yeah, definitely. Although I feel like Adam Adam T. Davis, I, don't, I feel like you've probably never been bad. You probably just came out the womb smelling fresh as a button. I've I've only ever been in one band. Narboots. <laughs> Good answer. Next. <laughs> Your whole life has been Narboots. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> well, make up a story. Tell us a fairy tale. Pretend you're in a band that maybe got back together after ten years or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean. Like, where did you, where did you, what was the first band you were ever, you ever played with? Well, see, I was, I'm from Gilroy. If you know anything about Gilroy, it's really agricultural. It's gar garlicalicious. No, no, no. There's, there's plants being grown there. Um, but there's also cows, and, and we had chickens. And the Sonics. And so... And we all, there was a creek that ran through town. And when, when it would get really rainy, uh, the creek would flood. And that was a big, a big thing that would happen in town. In the big flood of 84, uh, you know, people would come down, you know, to the crossing and see how it had overflowed with water. And that was a, you know, a big deal in town. So, you know, the, the, one of my earliest memories is, uh, the local metalhead uh, having to get uh, saved by the fire department because he tried to raft down this flooded creek. And, and he was pulled out, he was pulled out of the water. There was a picture that was on the cover of the, of the Gilroy Dispatch, the local newspaper, and it was him wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. Getting pulled out, getting pulled out of the, of the, you know, of the creek. And, and so that was music in Gilroy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so super metal. That's just metal yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Nothing is more metal than rafting. <laughs> I don't, I, I just mean, I've heard the Iron Maiden's a band. Yeah. 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 They're definitely a band. Okay. We'll confirm that. 
Yeah. Is that the first band you were in? Was, was Iron Maiden? You were in our boots, and that you joined. Yeah. How young were you? Um, I mean, how young are you when you're born? Uh, you, you're zero, zero to one. Yeah, somewhere in that range. You're yeah, you're you're a baby, an infant. Actually, I think you're nine months along at that point. So technically, well, it depends. It depends on what state you're in. Oh. Okay. Yeah. State of mind, you mean? No, I mean like what physical state, like California or like Arkansas, you know, like each or, each or state. state of mind. I think you know, Joey has a valid point. State of mind, also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Narboots is a state of mind. Yeah. So you've always been Narboots. So you've never known what it's like to not succeed, then. Well, I mean, we called Narboots different things over the years. Yeah. Well, like uh, different names. Yeah, what are some of the different names you've given Narboots? We were for a while we were called Party Crashosaurus Rex. <laughs> and it was the same idea, except for we would just crash parties and perform. Oh god. Oh really? How many parties did you crash? None, zero. We didn't play any shows. Oh. And we would only practice by driving around and coming up with songs. Okay. And so, like, the songs were really good, but we never bothered to record them or uh, perform them. Write them down. <laughs> we remember them. There was there was one about um, there was one about having a bicycle that goes 100 miles an hour. <laughs> cool. Yeah. How did that? I I believe you. Um, yeah. Can you hum a few bars? I think I've... We had a name, we called, for a while we called ourselves the Fashion Police, and those are the songs that we, we played, you know, still. There's recordings of that. Um, oh. But that was in our boots, too. Yeah. It depends, you know, you know, which way you want to look at it. You know, state of mind versus state of Virginia. Uh-huh. Well, either way, life begins somewhere. Right. Yeah, whether it's whether it's in Virginia or in someone's belly. Well, what if we're mm-hmm. in Virginia? Then it could be in Virginia. Oh, you could you could get double Virginia. Yeah. If a girl named Virginia is pregnant in Virginia, yeah, she's she's yeah. Dub, she's like double virginning. It's a Virginia birth. Right. Yeah. And before that, she was a virgin Virginia in Virginia. Unless she moved there after having first known the love of but a man or a does being object. A, does being a double Virginia mean that she becomes, like, it nullifies her non-virginity? It's like a double negative or something? Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Yeah. There are no virgin Virginias in Virginia. As far as we know. This is like the conception inception, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I I I guess the question now is, uh, what what did were any of you in like a group that like almost got there, or like you like saw that like little speckling? Like, did you ever have that point where like you were almost like out of out of the tunnel, but you turned around and looked at your ghost wife and she got dragged back to hell. This is probably my own personal delusion, but totally. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta believe. Man. I was in a 
uh, I was in a good time band. Uh, actually, I transitioned from this band to Cartoon Violence. I was doing both of them. But uh, for a couple of years, I was in a band called the Apple Pie Hopes. Yeah. Oh, the Apple Pie Hopes. Yeah. You know the Apple Pie Hopes? No. Oh, good. <laughs> he was just making sure. He's been thorough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love the Apple Pie Hopes. They were they were a good time band. Yeah, I you, played mandolin and upright bass. I wore like a bowler hat, and there we were, it was a bunch of good time Charlies just being ridiculous. They had a like, washboard player. Yeah, he was like something else. He had this weird way of just making up lyrics on the spot that were just this weird word disassociation stuff that somehow flew together but we did we did really well we were uh going all over the place we had been touring up and down the coasts a few times and we just made a music video and i think what finally what sucked what finally killed us was uh first our our second album the hard drive got stolen out of our guitarist's uh, pickup truck at one of our shows, and the backup drive was corrupted. So we lost, like, half a year's worth of work there. And then uh, our percussionist uh, fell and shattered his elbow and, like, needed to go through, like, physical therapy rehabilitation. So it was, but it took, but it was, like, well over a year until his elbow was good again. So it was just like, well, I guess that's that. And it was done. And it was... Yeah, Yeah, you know, though, I mean, like, the thing about it was, was there was a lot of creative conflict, like, in that, like, two, two of us were really trying to... Like, one was very conceptual with the directions, and one was like, let's just make the music and make sure it's the best it can be. And, uh, so I think it worked out because with cartoon violence, like it's just all sunshine and lollipops as far as like creative collaboration and stuff. Yeah. It's like a much easier thing. I'm curious, did any of you guys have the experience that I've had in some bands where you put off the first album or, or recorded the first album and then everything just kind of stalled because you've played those songs so long and now it's like, uh Oh, what do we do now? I th- yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, for me, I don't, I don't think we did that, but we had a, we put out one album and within like a year we had ditched pretty much all the songs on it and we're playing like a whole new set and then we're selling this CD that we paid a shit ton of money to make that was totally useless. Right. Yeah, that kind of happened with us. us Except for not CD, it was on vinyl. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... We got fed Sizzler. Ooh, high class. (laughs) You got photos. You don't owe any money on it anymore. Yeah, true. Yeah. I was thinking back to the one band that kind of had some traction, which was uh, was a band uh, called My Monster, San Jose local band, and... um, we managed to record a full album, like get things going, and then we had some some things. A couple members left, and we brought in a new singer. And then we had this whole thing: like, are we going to change our name? Are we going to change our style? Are we going to play the new songs, the old songs? Like, we have this album that we have many copies of that we need to sell. 
what do we do? And uh, we got a little bit further with the new lineup, but uh, there was just this whole thing about, like, do we change the name? What do we do? I don't know. And then it got to a point where it was like, okay, everybody has their own thing they're going to go do. And, yeah, Dan kind of didn't make it through that. Yeah, yeah. The the project that that I was in where we sort of lost all the all the music was um was actually my my previous band with John, um, who is the other half of Robot Says No. And basically like after we recorded that album, um, within a year our our guitar player had left and we had replaced him with this other guy who had a very different style that frankly fit in with us a lot more. So we only really kept like the one song off of that album, you know, and then, and then John joined us and, uh, yeah, was, we, we got to do some touring and release a few more things. It was all, yeah, that was, that was also the band that I had that was, uh, closest, in my opinion, to actually succeeding. Although my barometer for success was, was pretty low. It was basically like, we're fairly well known in the local industrial scene and that, that's, that's it, but that's something for San Francisco, I think, because there's a there's a tight scene for that. Small but loyal. Yeah, that's true. There's there's the DNA lounge. We're a lot we're a lot bigger than us. You know, we got to play with a, a number of a bunch of international touring bands and like you know, uh, Cyclone Nine is the the first one that really comes to mind, um, but. I was sort of lucky in the sense that I've, I've known the dude from Cyclone 9 for many, many years. We used to hang out in the metal scene together. Um, so when he started to pick up, when his band started to pick up traction, he just sort of took us along for, for a lot of really cool stuff. We went to play for like, you know, Zoic and Crew Shadows and Grendel and God Module and, you know, none of them are None of them are like big outside of the industrial scene, but you know, within within that scene, they were they were pretty pretty high up there for like the new stuff. I mean, they would no one would ever be up with like KMFDM and Skinny Puppy from the '80s, but for that time, those guys were riding high. Nice. We almost got involved in a Spam Records compilation. Oh man, that was so long ago. Yeah, yeah I we, wanted to do a thing called I wanted to do a band called Self Titled Debut, and yeah. I don't know. We both wanted to. We we did music together, and it, any names as good as another. Yeah. Uh, but it was mostly like bedroom four track experiments and stuff. Because I remember you yeah. had a couple different four track recorders, and we just play around. But yeah. uh, no, I had the Tascam MK two four two. Okay, I still got it. It's All right. Like, Eight channel like four, four track cassette recorder, that yeah, and like um, we would use the groove box sometimes. Yeah, and come up with stuff, and like I would play right. shitty guitar and bass. Yeah, and like yeah, we would do. I would just write ridiculous, I would, ridiculous lyrics to whatever, just to like get stuff out and like fill out an album worth of material. But, uh, yeah, I remember there was, like, this Spam Records meeting at Gilman. Yeah, and it was for, like, a video a, game tribute album. And uh, we wanted to do the Super Mario Brothers underground music. 
And we actually recorded it. Yeah, and if I can dig through a hard drive, I'll find it and, and put it in the podcast. But uh, that we recorded that and actually submitted it for the compilation, but whoever was organizing it dropped the ball and it never got released. Yeah, but such is life. But that was like one of the first things we really did together. Yeah, that was a finished product. Yeah. Sort of finished. Because you were, you used to do music with this other guy a lot because he was a silly, zany dude that you liked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I was always... Talk about breakups and falling out. That, there were many reasons why that musical collaboration never went anywhere. But we actually performed live once, uh, as a group called One Part Man. And it was me with the uh, Casio keyboard and the groove box and him on vocals with heavy reverb. And, uh, it, uh, uh... (laughs) It it worked for one it worked for one or two songs, but you can't really make a show out of that. Um, so I would like throw in like playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out theme on the keyboard in between songs just to like you know yeah. make something happen. But uh, we also did a we tried to do a project called Boys Will Be Girls where we just did all songs written by female artists, and uh, we got two or three into that, and he didn't quite give the delivery on Cheryl Crow uh, that uh, <laughs> would make for a good single. <laughs> Man, your guys' Christina Ricci song was really good, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a love yeah. song to a, to an actress um, with some nice, um, attractive talents. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, dude. But when, I, when you were doing that, I was doing... I, like, left the seven-piece band behind, and I moved to L.A. for a little bit to check out the music scene there. And I came back, and I put together a, a band, a quartet called the King Penguin Quartet, and I've, I've like produced this like huge high concept album, and like did it was like we we spent like half a year living out of this this guy we knew had a studio in the back of his house like all run down country style, so like I would go there and drink and party. And, like, one of my bandmates was like, dude, I want to take ecstasy with you. And it was the one and only time I did it. And it was, it was, it, it was not fun. It was, it's not for me. It didn't make the music better? No. That day we had our guitarist recording and, like, none of us knew, but, like, he had started doing meth and he, he, he did, like, 74 tracks of, like, one guitar take in a day and he kept erasing every single one of them I mean, like no nah, man I could do it better and like everyone in the band just yelling at him to stop and, nice and, why didn't uh, you ever guys ever make it big I don't know <laughs> that was a, the funnest part of that album was producing it though like just getting into the studio and like cutting up all these guitar tracks by hand and making something really cool but it was like a total like labor of love sort of thing that just kind of sizzled and faded after I got the album done. So well, at least you got through it. You know, honestly, the more I think about it, I I know you guys probably all are familiar with this comparison, but most musicians compare their relationships in their band to being in a relationship, a four way, five way, three way, two way relationship. Yeah. And the thing about a relationship is if something brings those two people or however many people together and it lasts as long as it lasts, you learn what you can from it, you know, and the time some of it doesn't work out and then you, you know, 
you move on. I, I think the funny thing is most people don't go into relationships or bands thinking, you know, in 10 years when we're still together, this is what we're going to do. If you go into a band thinking that, you're going to, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't like look too far ahead. I don't think you can plan for anything. I think the thing that, the thing that I noticed with every other band is if, it, it just boils down to if you just make the music and you play the music, everything else kind of has a way of falling into place if it's going to fall into place, I guess. Yeah. You know, stuff happens. Like, if you just get out there and perform, I think that's really what's key overall. I know that Adam T. Davis is a big proponent of performance. I don't leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the Adam T. Davis of the past. <laughs> yeah. Either that or it was a very, very well-executed hologram. I don't know. By the way, yeah, Adam, you guys were robbed in the Tiny Desk concert. Uh, I don't know. I think the, the, the person who won was great. I was just really glad that he should take a sidestep away from what we've been talking about. I was really glad that it wasn't one of the millions of guys that were sitting there next to a desk with their beard and their acoustic guitar. Yeah. I could I couldn't have handled if that had been the one. Yeah, I um as it was, I think who won was fucking amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is a great statement. Yeah. I just like to see people, you know, doing different stuff. And now you don't have to go you don't have to leave the house now. Yeah. You would have had to go to Washington, yeah. D.C.? Fuck all that. But it's stressing. stressing. I thought we were going to win. I, you know, I was really stressed that I was going to have to leave the house. You're like looking out the curtain, breathing into a paper bag. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, covering the windows in foil. That's the... You know, wrapping, myself up in, wrapping myself up in a Mylar blanket. That's the best part of Narboot shows is how scared you are of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the way you're always hiding behind things like Bjork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it really shows how terrified you are. But I have a question for everybody. All right. What's yes. a relationship to end? A relationship with a significant other or a relationship with a band? Ooh, that's oh, that's tough. Uh, just answer. The band one is harder to end. I think so. Yeah. Infinitely. I mean, if it's ready to break up, it's easier to see it when it's just one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when things aren't working out between two people, it's one thing. But when you're with a band, it's like, you know, it, it's it also like you'll you'll think about all the work you've put in, and like how you've gotten to a certain point, and you're like, do I really want to restart? What about all these songs? Do I want to keep some of them? Do I want them to go away completely? Like, don't, you know, don't you kind of get that same thing when you end a relationship with a person? You're like, you know, I've been with this person forever. I, I'm like older now. I, I put on weight. Like, I, I finally got some crow's feet and shit like that. You know, do I really want to start over? Well, it's like you know? the problem too of like what pulls you back in is that well, let's let's one more time for old sakes. You know that kind of thing. And you do the same thing with music. You all right? Let's let's play one more show or let's do one more rehearsal let's jam one more time and it's like no strings attached this time yeah, we're exactly. really not yeah. going to fall back into it yeah 
and then you just get really drunk or really high and you end up uh, jamming the best jam you've ever jammed and then you're like oh man we should get back together oh. but then you but then you sit there looking at your songs and you're like i have nothing left to give and see so you just like pour over all your old notebooks and then you have to move back to canada and then you're in canada and you're like oh maybe i should just put out some more music and so you take another song out of your notebook and uh, you put it up on the shelf but then you just can't make the time after work to talk to your friends and so you just stay i feel like the first you join like the first other band that comes your way, right? And and it's mm-hmm. a terrible match, and all you do is like ruin everyone else's career. With I play more guitar. Well, the other problem is, I mean, if if I can actually make a somewhat serious point for a second, the reality is our culture has set it up so that once you're a band, you stay in this band, even if it's not that great, because we see it the same way we see relationships that you know it's a, and it's a different monster but you know you end up with a band where it's like okay now you're just making songs for for money and they're not very good and they're not very innovative and you're a, too good of a musician to be doing this anymore but you know it's that thing when you're in a relationship of any sort and you're sitting there yeah. going no this is really good this is good this is good we're, we're yeah. doing good things and it's because you know, cause, you, know I, you know everybody knows that the like, you know, when you're a solo artist, it's always like your name and then in parentheses the band you used to be in so people actually know who you are. And okay. no one, no one, no one really wants to be that, so, per se. And so, so you stick with it because you kind of know that you guys have more power as a group than as individuals. Yeah, you know, you have, you have to be like, I will swallow my pride, I will choke on the rhyme, but the lack thereof, it'll make me em- empty inside. Swallow, swallow my like doubt. Turn, turn it inside, inside out. out. Find, Find nothing, nothing but faith in nothing. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. You guys have had this thought before. Yeah. yeah. Like, I wanted to put my tender heart in a blender. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. watch it spin yeah. round no, to that, a beautiful oblivion. Yeah, yeah. So, now you have a rendezvous. I'll be through with you then. I don't need any more. Yeah. Just one rendezvous is good enough. Man. (laughs) So what was, like, you know, the thing about breaking up with bands, though, and breaking up with people, is bands seem to kind of slowly just dissipate, or dissipate, rather. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They also dissipate. 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 They just go on forever. They just, they diffuse. Like, you'll, uh, I mean, obviously Narboots is forever, but you'll be playing with people and then you'll just slowly not be playing with them, or one of two, one or two of you will be jamming for a minute. And are you playing with Blake? Yourself. Thank you. There you go. You know. Yeah, so, uh, but with a person it's more like, hey, we're gonna go see other people now we're not gonna see each other and then you're really i think it's uh you know a different emotional attachment like there's an intimacy to making music and art together but there's a different intimacy to like personal relationships well again you know of course we, we only get one very narrow side to this but you see bands where the band members go off some bands band members go off and do other projects and it's totally fine and there's some bands where the band members go off and do other projects, and the band's like, yeah, you're out now. You can go away. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, sometimes you can switch people out. It depends. Like, uh, when I do my solo stuff uh, with Kids Eat Free, it's like I just grab whoever I can to come play music with me. Uh, uh, um, but then, you know, there are other bands where it's like, oh, this person's not with it anymore. Well, that would totally change everything. So I can't really call it this at the time. The Guns N' Roses problem? Yeah. It's like Axl Rose really shouldn't call anything Guns N' Roses without Slash and Duff and whoever their yeah, drummer you know is. Yeah, you call it? You should call it Axl Rose. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Narboots. Some of that's wrong. That, that just sounds like the worst thing ever. Uh, yeah. Somebody told me about that this morning, and I, I swear to God I almost started crying. <laughs> you know their you know their current lead singer isn't their original lead singer either, right? Well, yeah, but but they like, put them longer than the original singers. Were. I think they should get Paula Abdul, frankly. Uh, sure, why not? Yeah, you know, I mean, at least they might go on stage on time that way. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, on the subject of breakups, are we ready for a top five list, or anybody got one more band they need to talk about? All right. Oh man. And, you know, I think we all agree we've had we've had our rough spots. You know what? Honestly, it's kind of like you talk about it the same way you talk about again, like breakups. There's a certain like little gleam in your eye when you think of the good times and you think of the bad times. It's like ah, there's a reason why that doesn't exist anymore as a thing. Yep. So yeah. Let's talk about what happens when that thing happens. You just gotta remember the good times and uh, learn from the bad times, just like any other relationship, kids. That's the moral of uh, our season finale. Is you know, it was a long and curvy, windy road to get to where we are today as musicians. But uh, I wouldn't change a thing, quite frankly. I did a lot of cool stuff, and I'm doing a lot of cool stuff. Here, so, here. Good times and bad times. I'll be on your side forevermore. That's yeah. what friends and bands are for. You just for. call on brother when oh. you want some ham. So let's start with our guests, and we'll go around our number five breakup song. Okay, so the way this works is we each say like our our number five, then our number four, number three, number two. If you have a song that matches with someone else, you have to compete in order to uh, keep that song on your list, and the other people will be the judge of who gets to keep it. Uh, so this this round, I think we're going to have people sing their breakup songs. Okay. Just to, who does the better performance of the song in question? Yeah. Okay, sounds fine. All right. Sounds just fine. So uh, let's see. Robo Vino, if you were on the podcast first, I believe. So... Uh, why don't why don't we start with you? Okay, so so this this list is really I think going to show you more than anything my maturity level. Um, the first the first song uh, I, I picked it because it was something that I used to listen to way back when I was a teenager after a failed relationship, and uh, it's just completely ridiculous. It had it actually has two titles, but it's the same song. It's a uh, by typo negative, and the the album version is called "Unsuccessfully Coping with the Natural Beauty of Infidelity." The live version, however, uh, is called "I Know You're Fucking Someone Else." I like that title more. Uh, 
but that that tended to be like a theme in some of my early relationships is they went on like longer than they should have and shit would go go wrong and then I'd be I'd crank this song and be all pissed off and be like yeah I know you're fucking someone else it's awesome such a good song <laughs> appropriate I like it I give it a thumbs up <laughs> uh Mr. Joey Guthrie of Curious Quail okay um gosh I'm struggling because I'm trying to number them right now so that I've got this uh I've got this somewhat set up here. Um, Welcome to the club. Yeah. Oh, man. I made this right before... Oh, I'm so organized. I made this right before the broadcast. I've already got them in the right order and everything. Listen, I'm okay. so disappointed in both of you. I'm, I'm, I'm torn, so I'm going to tell you both of them that are... No. Torn by Natalie Imbruglia? No, 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 that's no. so. That's your number five, torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Okay. So the one that I'm not gonna, that I, that's not, that doesn't count, is by the same artist with the one that does count. So maybe there'll be a tie, and I'll have to choose the other one. Um, so some something I listened to a lot when I had a breakup or a tough time of a relationship was Lisa Loeb. Don't know why, always <laughs> in my brain. So I've got. Do you sleep? Which was the runner-up, and but the my number five pick is "Stay" by Lisa Loeb. And you is it really? Yeah. Oh God, I'm so excited to take this one off. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as the challenger, Adam, uh, you get to go first. Oh, good. You say I don't. Feel like I want to, don't pay attention when you disappear, you're running from her anywhere, 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 right? Okay, alright, Joey. Uh, Your turn, Joey. You say, only hear what I want to, don't listen hard, don't pay attention to the distance that you're running to anyone, anywhere. I, don't I mean, Joey got all the words right. Yeah. Really yeah, I feel like you got more feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta I, give it to I, Adam. That's okay. Do you sleep is a definite runner-up for me. All right, that that sounds fair. Okay, on my list. Nice. All right, so spoiler alert: Adam Davis is number five. Stay, and he sings it with passion, okay. even if he doesn't know the words. Um, I turned the yeah. radio on. I turned the radio off. Let's let's be honest. Who didn't have a crush on Lisa Loeb in the night? Oh, I would not. I I still have a crush on Lisa Loeb. Mine was on Kennedy. Oh, <laughs> why not both? I'm pretty sure it was the same girl, wasn't it? Like <laughs> two of them together. Just one with straight hair and one with curly hair. Kennedy was the evil twin. Yeah, she drooled on herself a lot. Which, you know, was something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just imagining Lisa Loeb, like, running into a phone booth and stripping down and coming out as Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, I gotta be on MTV! Yeah. Lisa Loeb, in her, in playing music by day and fighting crime at night as Kennedy. Yeah, that time when Kennedy interviewed Lisa Loeb, that must have been hard. Yeah. She was using her super speed to run back and forth. Yeah. The whole time. You know who else has super speed? Who? Roy Orbison. Oh, yeah? My number five is Crying. Crying. Oh, so good. Oh, wow. So good. That's a good breakup song. Yeah. 
Yeah, it hits you right in the feels. All, are all your songs going to be Roy songs? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pretty Woman's number one. Wait, oh, no. I shouldn't give that away. <laughs> no, he has a... He has, he has, oh, she a Walks Away. Hey. Only the Lonely. That's a, that's a great one. But yeah. let's not spoil all the Roy Orbison greats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he has the werewolf to melt your heart. Man. I'll show you. So, all right. Well, I guess it's time... For my number five, then, right? Yeah, do it. Dan- Dance Yourself Clean by LCD Sound System. Huh, that's good. This, I actually listened to my, my, my first, like, in my 20s, really sad about breaking up with somebody uh, song. Like, that was, I listened to so much of this song. I don't know. I can't really, I don't know why, but there you go. That's my that's my number five breakup song. They, All right. I don't do want okay, more. Circle back number four now. Number four. So for number four, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with "Fuck You" by Sue Green. Yes. Nice. Nice. You're an angry breakup guy, aren't you? <laughs> I thought about I thought about doing that one, but I f- I feel like it. I feel like it's not in my top five. Like, I couldn't honestly say that makes... My top ten, maybe. So, I mean, for, for me, like like I said earlier, I did sort of a mix of songs that I actually liked mm. having to do with breakups and songs that I just think are really good breakup songs. I really don't listen to, to that one that much. Um, I wouldn't actually say it's one of my favorites or anything, but... When it really, I mean, it really does just say it all, though. It just like cuts right to the heart of the matter, and it's like, you know what? Fuck you. So, <laughs> Sometimes that's all that yeah. needs to be said. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Joe, you number four. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. I just I end up with the sad songs. Uh, Round here by Counting Crows. Round here. What? <laughs> Adam, it's your number four? No way. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, how did that happen? I feel like maybe someone... Down here, never go dirty. Never come with me. Down here, we stay up. Very, 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 very late. I can't see nothing. Nothing. All right. Uh, Joey? I can't be very loud. I got a wife sleeping in the room next door. Well, then be uh, then be be elegant. I'll, I'll tell you that I, my favorite line from that song is uh, is the uh, uh, round here. She's always on my mind. Like, that's that's the yeah. I'm giving this one to Joey. Yeah, I think Joey's, he earned it. Joey's got passion. Adam's got Joey on this one. Adam's got. I don't know what Adam's got, but he's got it. Adam's gonna have to figure out another song right now. You know, sometimes she's gone, but Bill Withers. Oh, beautiful oh, choice, yeah. Sam. Bam, bam. Wish it was on my list. That's a great song. I think uh, for my number four, I'm gonna go with uh, "Fod" by Green Day to keep it on the angry tick. Fuck off and die. Nice. That's You're just a fuck. That's that's so punk rock of yeah. you. Yeah. And sometimes that's all you need to say. That's so local punk rock. <laughs> that's so organically farm punk rock. Yeah. Local, that's or organic local Ber- Berkeley Farms punk rock. Yeah. That's some two percent right there. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. 
All right. I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Then my number three, Breaking Up by the Violent Femmes. Or, yeah, my number four, rather. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a Violent Femmes song. The Violent Femmes are just a great breakup band in general, I yeah, feel. that's true. Like, you could really pick any Violent Femmes song and be like, that's a good breakup song. Adam, if that helps you at all. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears from the angry stuff and uh, yeah, grow up a little bit here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say my number three is uh, um, by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and it's called "A Woman in Love." It's not me, and it's it is very self-descriptive. Your your girl leaves you for somebody else. And you're just like sitting there pining after her and wishing she'd come back. And it's just, it's such a good song. I don't, I don't think it was ever hit. I think it was kind of a B-side, but um, the guitar riffs in it are just fantastic. And it's got this beautiful melancholy emotion to it while still being kind of rocking. Uh, ah, it's just such a great song. I love it. She's a woman in love. It's not me. Nice. Joey, you're number three? I'm trying to look up the title because I want to make sure that I got it right because I don't think it's right. So now, is the, now is the time to be looking up titles. <laughs> if there ever was yeah. one. Why are you looking up the title now? Yeah. Because, okay, yeah. So, unless the internet's wrong, uh, my number three is uh, Till I Hear It From You by The Gin Blossoms. Ooh. Ooh. I like, I like, I like... Like said that Lisa Loeb and Jim Blossoms. If you heard me listening to those two, something's happened in my love life. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out, Joey. That's the canary in the Joey mine. Joey goes. Joey goes back to his '90s roots. Oh, I do. Yeah, I, I I understand that. I can I can see that. That's cool, man. I like that. Yeah, I am firmly rooted. Man, I almost put some, uh, I don't think it's going to make anyone's list, but I put, almost put some Stabbing Westward on <laughs> 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 Oh, man. Yeah. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, isn't that, there's, there's going to be kids that hear this podcast, and they're going to be like, what the fuck is Stabbing Westward? And they're going to look it up, and they're going to have a good time. But they've probably already said, like, what the fuck's Elisa Loeb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're old. Stabbing Westward, and they're going to go, it's... Sounds like filter, and then someone in the room next door is going to go, "Who's filter?" And then everyone's going to cry. And they're like, you know, they were kind of like narboots, and everyone's going to be like, uh, "Who's narboots?" And then you're going to be like, "We're all narboots." Speaking of narboots, it's <laughs> Adam. What's your number three? From their 2001 EP, "Flight of the Wounded Locust," "Gluing Carpet to Your Genitals Does Not Make You a Cantaloupe" by the Locust. I was wondering if that was actually the Locust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. That sounds deep. <laughs> I don't know the song per se, but I've heard enough Locust to know that they're ridiculous and yeah. awesome. Yeah. Fuck yeah, the Locusts. Yeah. I'm, I'm down I, with I'll it. have to check that out. I'm not familiar. Uh, yeah, I'm not either. But you've heard the Locust, right? It's 50 seconds long. Yeah, the songs are all like super duper crazy short, and it's... It's nonsense and it's amazing and it's and it's, and at fifty seconds long, it's the third longest song on the EP. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. I, I I think I tried to make that EP once. <laughs> we talked about it earlier. Yeah. Podcast. Um. Circle back. Yes. Good callback. My number three. 
uh, a guy who's hopefully coming to town soon if the UC Theater can actually host a show, uh, Joe Jackson, Breaking Us in Two. Nice. Uh, yeah. Huh. It's, uh, it's one of those, like, melancholy melodies that's a little bit... You know, Joey, when you're talking about, like, there's the good things and there's the bad things, and, like, I think a breakup song that's got some, like, interesting musicality to it that could be inspirational and remind you of the good stuff while you still are seething about it? Yeah, no, I totally, yeah. So I got one. I got a really uplifting, empowering one here for you guys. One that's gonna be like, this is a get out of your seat and show the world that you're not gonna take it. Though you've been hurt, you're gonna, you're gonna bounce back. It's I'm Still Standing by Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, you go out there and you crush it tonight. Strut. Yeah. Exactly. It's strutting music. You go outside and you got that, you got that playing in your headphones. The world's going to be doing a menagerie of dance moves around you. Like everyone's going to start the, twirling. Is that the one with the ridiculous music video? Like ridiculous? Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's half the fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like got all the people painted on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain John's. It was, um, let's say, ultra flamboyant in the most amazing way. Elton John was making a statement. Yeah. Yeah, a very bold statement. And a lot of, and you know what? He's still standing, so. Yep. There you go. And so are we, guys. He's still, he's still amazing. Fuck yeah. All right, it's time for number two. So, uh, I'm, I'm sticking, sticking with sort of the sad stuff. Uh, this song was actually one that I have probably listened to after every single breakup. It's like, in my opinion, the most depressing song that I really, that I really, that I really know and actually enjoy. Uh, it's by Nine Inch Nails and it's something I can never have. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I have I, I have my uh, on my backup list. I have some whiny nin song, and, and I think that's <laughs> I think that the one I was us. thinking yeah. of when I wrote that down. It, it was. It, it's one of those songs that you know. It's it, it's funny. I, I swear to God, if I hadn't heard that album when I was a teenager, I would hate it. Like if I heard it for the first time today, I would be like, "This guy is such a whiny bitch." But because I heard it when I was a teenager. Yeah, he's, yeah. Nine Inch Nails ended up being like my favorite band to this day. Yeah, he probably always will be. If, he probably always will be. If it weren't but, for puberty in the '90s, Trent Reznor wouldn't have had a career. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he like hit that perfect tone right at that perfect time, and so much sympathetic angst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I was cool enough to be Trent Reznor and hate yeah, myself. I didn't. I did uh, uh, very much less heroin than he did. Mm. <laughs> that you've never done heroin at all. I've done no, 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 that no. But but for your number two, what have you done? Have they done heroin? Have I you done not, number two? I've, I've screamed along in my car uh, with the window down to a part of a song that I can't sing because my vocal range is too low, but I try anyway. And that is Black by Pearl Jam. Yeah, uh, I told you, I get dark and sad. Um, Adam, is that not your number two? 
What's that? Is that not Adam's number two? I'm just kind of no. surprised. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even going to touch that one. He's like, no, that's no. No. I really fuck with Pearl Jam. Yeah, no, that's, um, it was the, the ending where he's screaming out, he hopes someday you'll have a beautiful life, I hope you'll be a star in someone else's sky, but why, why, can it be mine? Like, I've screamed that with water in my eyes in a car, you know, driving down the freeway. Joey, getting real. Yeah, that song's powerful if you're in that mood, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That said, I understand people are like, yeah, Pearl Jam, yeah, whatever. No, if it means something to you, then it's fine. I, I think yeah. that was the best song on that album. Yeah. I do not like any Pearl Jam whatsoever, but I will not shame you for having different tastes than me. I mean, I will mock Pearl Jam from here to eternity, but I won't mock you for liking That's Pearl Jam. That's fine, because, uh, you know, Truth be told, I can't imagine after a breakup singing along to some Elton John. That's just me. Sure, <laughs> never, never. Yeah. I just, yeah. I find it really hard to imagine the 90s without Pearl Jam. I know what I, you mean. But there would have been more Technotronic. Yeah. Say, you're Pump all, up the you're, jam. We're all kind of of the same generation, so you're going to probably get a lot of... I just kind of yeah. assume that there'd be a lot of that same... No, abs- absolutely. But yeah, I mean, did, I'm really surprised Pump Up the Jam hasn't made anyone's list yet. It's not a breakup song. That's a get together song. Number two. Uh, Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic is your number two breakup song, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Pump Up the Jam. Pump it up while your feet are pumping. And the, the jam. Look at here. The crowd is pumping. Come on. Up, up a little more. more. Get the party forward on the dance floor. Like if you don't know where the party's at, the find out. If you do that. Oh, why? It's a place to be. Get your booty on the floor tonight. Make my day. Oh, why? A place to stay. I like that. I like that, Adam. I feel you. I agree with you. Pumping up the jam is what it's all about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, my number two is a tad more lugubrious than that. And now I feel like I'm bringing us down again. But uh, you've lost that love and feeling it, uh, by the Righteous Brothers. One of the best breakdowns ever. Yeah. Yep. Baby, baby, I'll get down on my knees. Doom. Doom. Boom, doom. Boom, Really doom. made Top Gun doom, doom, a, like doom. ten times gayer. <laughs> As a, like, that's what's great about that song is it's like, Really emotional, and then it's also a chance for Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer to really connect physically. But I, oh wait, I, is Val Kilmer even there yet? Never mind. No, I don't. Goose, Goose yeah. Goose. It was yeah. Either way, Tom Cruise and a bunch of men singing and dancing in sailors in, in, in Air Force suits. Yes, and it worked. Tom Cruise nails her. Good job, Tom Cruise. Way to go, tiny little Tom Cruise. <laughs> I guess it's I guess it's my turn speaking this song's a little it's the song starts off kind of sad but it like really becomes like another empowering song I guess I'm all about getting back on that positive track after a breakup for the most part like the first few songs I put down are me lingering in my self-pity but then it's like you gotta you gotta bring it back around with uh, "I Will Survive" by Cake, the Cake version. I went with the Cake version. Yeah, the superior version. 
I don't the know. one with the dirty words in it. I like the original version a lot, but I feel like, you know, like Joey said, I'm kind of, you know, it's like a certain era for me. And, uh, Which one did you hear first? Yeah, uh, I, I heard the original first, but I mean, I think Cake in General is another good breakup band. Like, they, they have a lot of, like, somber sort of, like, Mexicali guitar and, like, slide guitar. Like, Mexico is a good breakup song. Yeah. For sure. Man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in that boat of, like, I'm not going to make fun of anybody for liking something, but Mac just never could get behind cake. That's okay. I know a lot of people like you. That's all right. Yeah. You can be like that. Whatever. Okay. I'm, I, I, I feel the same way about Pearl Jam. So it's all. Yeah, yeah. Video that they did where the whole thing was everyone going, yeah, the band's good, but singer, no, no, they'll never make it. And it was like their second or third, like, full album that was out. Oh, uh, cakey cake. Yeah. It was just cake. Go to heaven, ghosts go to hell. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. No. Yeah. And then, of course. And that sprungy thing, whatever that's called. The Sprungatron. Yeah. So, speaking of Sprungatrons, Pink Thunder, what is your numero uno best breakup song? Uh, shit. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I have like three things in mind for my number one, and I've, I've had such a hard time uh, going through them. Because... <laughs> I, I, now, I kind of wanted to do this one that my band, that uh, an old band of mine bro- that broke up many years ago did, but it's, again, really angry, and you guys are all going to think I have serious issues. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, you're, you're an adult. Do what you want. Yeah, so I, so I think just to pull everything back to our old, our old failure band, uh, I was in a band called the Fiery Hellhounds. That was like this really, uh, we were like this asshole punk band that we we just lived to piss people off. And uh, we had this song called, You Broke My Heart, I Broke Your Face. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to that. So I, I, I gotta just preface this by saying, or not preface, obviously, but I'm gonna qualify this by saying like the lyrics were so ridiculously dumb that there was no way you could take it seriously. They were obviously a joke, but uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. It expresses <laughs> a sentiment. It's a certain place in time, captured in an essence of a song. Not one I never gave to. <laughs> sure. They, they, yeah, well, you know, we were talking about how we used to all make crazy stuff and just yeah. get it out there. So I think that's a good example. I think it's a, I think it's a proper way to do it. Yeah, I mean that band. I mean, really, mostly we just sang about like Satan and killing and really dumb. And it was just what most bands sing about, you know. Well, it was, and it, it was all really dumb, and there was like almost never, never an attempt to hide how dumb it was. Like we didn't even try to be clever. We just came up with these idiotic songs, and just pretty much we'd come up with song titles that we thought were funny, and then that's how the lyrics came out. I got you. It's a good way to go. It's the best yeah, sometimes. It's the, it's the anal cunt method. 
Ah. Uh, you know, if you had costumes, you could have been Guar. Would have been great. We all did love Guar. We all do love Guar. We're all Guar boots. We are all Guar boots. In a lot of ways. It sounds like something you could eat on like a fruit platter. Well, well there's Guar gum. I would like Guar boots, please. Can I get the Guar boots? Well, I would probably taste just as sweet as your number one pick, Joey. Drum roll, please. And it finally, I finally went bitter. So after the crying and the sadness, then the pissed offness comes. And uh, my number one is Mailman by uh, Soundgarden, which is, of course, my favorite band anyway, um, with lyrics like, Hello, don't you know me? I'm the dirt beneath your feet. Uh, or the chorus, which is, I know, uh, you, I know I'm heading for the bottom, bottom, but I'm riding you all the way. Like, just kind of how I was feeling about people after I realized, oh yeah, you were a dick to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You're not, not super heavy, but very dark. Now that's what I call Joey's top five. Oh yeah, it's a peek into my soul. I, I could have gone silly, but, uh, you know, I went, I went with, uh, honest. Yeah, I mean, not as honest and sincere as Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic. That's true. Yeah. That's strange, because, I mean, Adam shared, you know, some of my same tastes, it seems, so that's, you know. That's quite coincidental. Yeah. But beautiful in a lot of ways. All the ways. I feel like you guys are really connected, like, on a yeah. musical, emotional level. I feel now if I do leave my house, maybe I'll go visit him. <laughs> that would be a sweet thing to do. Hopefully you can handle it. But maybe he'll be uh, playing his number one breakup song if you don't call him. Adam, what's your... (laughs) Yes. The elegantly executed segue. So, I think this is probably the realest song on the whole list. But from a female perspective which we're not really getting a lot of here. We're getting a lot of sad bastard guy songs here. Not a lot of girl perspectives here. No. So I'm going to have to go with Risque featuring Abby Ant and Rio. The song is called Smell Yo Dick. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know this song. And yes, I, I too know Smell Yo Dick. Uh, it doesn't get real. I couldn't believe that was a real thing. Oh, it's real. It's real. The struggle. Holly Cruz had to be around it. Holly Cruz might go get a breakfast. We bite off the tip. You inside it. Well, thank you, Adam, for getting really deep and emotional and intimate with us there. And thank you for bringing the female perspective. Yeah, uh, because respect. Well, I feel like. For me, if I if I have someone I really love and care about, then from time to time, I want to make sure that my dick smells, you know, it, it's Clean. the right odor. It's more of a hygienic thing, you feel? Huh? It's more of a hygiene issue with yeah, you? No, you know, it's their way of making sure, like, you know, not, no suspicion or, or disrespect, just a simple, like, I want to make sure everything smells right. Huh. Maybe just Febreze it. Yeah, Febreze your dick. Yeah, I hide all the bad smells in my taint, so. <laughs> Speaking of bad smells in your taint, Dr. Octave, what's your number one <laughs> thing? The worst smell on the taint of life. 
Uh, actually, no. The best smell on the taint of life is Weird Al Yankovic and One More Minute, the ultimate breakup song. I'd rather swim through a swimming pool filled with double-edged razor blades than spend one more minute with you. Oh, man, did we lose somebody? We lost somebody. Oh, I think we lost an Adam. Did we lose Adam? No? Oh, crud. Oh, no, Adam. Well, he, he, he delivered his number one. He got real with us, and uh, we're sad to see him go. Yeah, I'll try. But uh, makes sense. I I think that that level of realness might have been a little much, and and I I think he he probably just had to duck away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When we're together, sometimes when we touch the honesty, it's it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else is too much? My number one. No. Realness. Realness. And your number one. And my number one? Yeah, I lied. All right. Well, my number one is, uh, it's going to sound like a sadder song than it actually is. It's actually pretty upbeat, almost gospel sounding. Uh, it's by a band called The Deadly Snakes, which are an awesome band that everyone should check out. They're no longer together, but you should listen to them anyway. And it's a little song called I Want to Die. That's that's bringing it. Yeah. It's called I Want to Die and uh it's it's actually pretty fucking rocking. Good way to get it out of your system. Let me tell you what, boy howdy. So, it just really cuts right to the heart of a breakup, doesn't it? Yeah. That's about it. You just feel like shit. Let's just call it He's declining our call. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now we're all popping up on Facebook. Well, look, that's uh, that's pretty much it for for the first season. Yeah, this it was a year ago we started this crazy thing. And wow, we've had a, we you know we've actually grown our listenership, our viewership, or whatever you want to call it. So thanks to everybody who's uh, joined the ride. Thanks to all of our guests over the last few months. Uh, thank you to tonight's guests. Pink Thunder. Pink Thunder. Pink Thunder. Where do they find Robo Beat'em Up on the internet? RoboBeat'emUp.com. There you go. Uh, Joey, Curious Quail. You guys are all over the place. Being awesome. If you type in Curious Quail, you're going to find, uh, you're going to find us. Uh, CuriousQuail.com has all the links to all of the things. Yeah, and, uh, you guys, your, your, your Mike Shirley Donnelly is quite the prolific fellow, so he's always on the internet. Great way to connect with the band. Wonderful fella. Uh, he has kitten mitten issues right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he couldn't be here. Brian Setzer is a very aggressive dude. Yeah. (laughs) Getting stray cats, getting stray cats, man. I get it. Yeah, it's for the kids. The kids love the stray cats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if Adam Davis were still with us, he would say follow Narboots with zeros instead of O's. But the then again, you probably already are because we are all Narboots. So there you go. And then hey, uh we got something cool to announce right now. Uh I got a loot crate every month and now uh I'm giving back to the people. I'm going to be doing some really cool beatbox unboxings on our uh on our YouTube channel. Which is YouTube.com slash Cartoon Violence Band. 
Yeah, so uh, if you go there, you'll be able to check out the unboxings. But then listen to this podcast to find out that the way you can win some of the stuff from the Loot Crate is by going to our Twitter, at Cartoon Violins, and telling us what piece of swag you want from the video. So you got to watch the video and listen to the podcast because and follow us on Twitter because I'm an asshole, uh, essentially. It's called Integrated New Media Marketing. But there's some cool stuff in it this month. There's a Star Trek shirt with a good Spock and an evil Spock on it. There's uh, there's like a little blind box alien versus predator figure. Uh, there's uh, some Superman versus Batman stuff in there. There's a Punisher Daredevil reversible beanie. So like one side's Daredevil, one side's Punisher. And uh, but this year's or this month's was versus. Or yeah, it's versus. So uh, I'll be unboxing that. I'll also be, they're sending me their uh, fashion stuff too. So uh, those unboxings should be up on our YouTube when this goes live, hopefully. And speaking of fashion ass. stuff, we just launched our new t-shirt store at cartoonviolence.threadless.com. Oh we've, my we've God, got, we've got so many cool shirts. We've got a dozen designs. One of them's the Cartoon Violence has a podcast logo. We've got one from our Star Wars day with Jar Jar's head on a stake. We got robots popping out of a hole in a shirt. We got, we got all sorts of stuff. Men Men's, women's, kids' sizes, lots of styles, lots of colors. Just go check it out at cartoonviolence.threadless.com. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back next month with the first episode of Season 2 of Cartoon Violence as a Podcast. Thank you, Pink Thunder, Joey, and the late, great Adam T. Davis for having a podcast with us once again. And, yeah, we will see you next time. Take care. Thank thank you. Yeah. Kaboom. Rockety roll. All right. We're back so, on. Uh, Breaking guys, news. One last statement from Adam T. Davis. Since he couldn't be here, he said, May you all find joy in the music inside your heart and your soul and your brain. But don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do the things you want to do with your music. Be yourself. Be a wizard if that's what you need to be. Definitely above all else, know that your band will fail eventually. Death is the inevitable part of life, a cycle that will continue onward and onward, no matter what you do. So embrace it. And uh, we'll see you in season two. One, two, three, four. Can't forget the first day we met Wearing your leg warmers and your matching headband I never could look past The clothes you wore so well It didn't even matter that you were stupid Was so proud when we walked down the street Cause people thought I was dating Molly Ringwald Yeah, yeah, yeah
you just heard was Fashion Police by the Fashion Police, which was an early incarnation of Narboots. Coming up next, we've got three more songs to round out the show. First, you're going to hear In the Flow from King Penguin, which is one of Professor Robot's earlier bands. Then you're going to hear Ricci by the Spanky Hawkenpuss Band featuring Dr. Octave. And then finally, you're going to hear Spuck with Human Harvest the song that destroyed KVHS's perfect record of never playing a bad song. Enjoy. Special part of me, I 
have a thought about you on your knees Can I fondle you, Christina, please? Richie, oh, Richie Bosom, sweet and peachy Here's my number so you can reach me 555 Even like that darn cat Right before your hooters got so fat Orin Packer at the laundromat Well, you know you looked real cute in that And when you did that film with Cher I wanted inside your underwear Wrap my teeth around your pubic hair I would have buried my face down there I never felt like this Watching Buffalo 66 Oh man, those luscious tits Christina, please fulfill my wish Richie, oh Richie Bosom sweet and peachy Here's my number so you can reach me 5550783 Oh Richie, oh Richie Bosom sweet and peachy Here's my number so you can reach me like to plant their fields with barley, corn, oats, hay, alfalfa, or wheat, but I like to plant my fields with <laughs> Oh, my God. 
What the hell was that? 